It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. G'day there. Welcome. What a day it is in world cricket. I'm Paul Dennett, the co-host of Cricket Unfiltered. I'm joined by my one of my other co-hosts, Andrew Mensel, and the mighty Barrett Sanderason of CrickViz and SEN. And before I Crick even... Buzz. Crick Buzz. Crick Buzz, yeah. <laughs> good start. CrickViz is very good as well, but um, Crick Buzz, even better. Um, now, before I even start, uh, thanks for the uh, interjection there, Menas, but surely, as we speak, there is a phone call taking place. Surely, Saurav Ganguly is on the phone to the ICC advising them that quarterfinals are now um, being added to this World Cup. That is have to, have to be happening. <laughs> That'd be good for Australia and India. Well, that's the thing. We're part of the big three. We've got to get some privileges. Come on. Um, because as it stands, uh, I've done the maths this morning. And for Indian fans, I've tried to find a way, short of weird and wonderful things happening, of India making the semis. And there isn't one. I, I think that's it. What do you guys think? But Paul, I think uh, you may be right about uh, Saurav Ganguly making a call to someone in power. But I think you, yeah, the recipient of that call, you got that wrong. I don't think he's calling the ICC. He's called Nick Hockley and they're organizing a hastily uh, arranged T20 series between India and yes. Australia starting day after because both teams <laughs> are there. I mean, who cares the, about the World Cup anymore? I think that that series will get True. more eyeballs than a World Cup from this point. <laughs> Or maybe an emergency IPL, just to say. And guys, if you want to play in the IPL in future, what are you going to choose? You better choose your franchise over your national side. So, Kane Williamson, no more New Zealand for you in this World Cup. Straight into this um, <laughs> this new IPL. Hey, how you going, Menas? Did you enjoy the game last night? 
Oh, I did enjoy the game. I enjoyed both games, Afghanistan, Namibia, and then India, New Zealand. What strikes me about the weekend is you've seen Australia and India both make massive tactical blunders in virtually must-win games. Australia restructured their 11 for the game against England, and India did the same thing. Rohit Sharma all of a sudden not opening the batting. Ishan Kishan in there. Barrett, it seems to me like panic or something. Yeah, I think uh, more than panic, Manas, this is what happens when uh, you go into a tournament like this, especially in a format like T20, uh, not being 100% sure about what your approach is, like how you are planning to uh, tackle these conditions or tackle uh, the challenge of playing in a T20 World Cup. We've seen that with Australia and with India. There will be days when uh, maybe your individual performers will just prop you up uh, and win you games. But to win consistently, like we've seen with England or in Pakistan in this tournament, uh, you need to have uh, you need to establish your style of T20 cricket, which I think both teams haven't done. And when that happens, you do make uh, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't say knee-jerk selections, but you do uh, you know uh, try to change things around uh, based on uh, I don't know whether it's analytical data or whether it's just based on uh, like you said uh, uh, some levels of panic. Oh, it's a must-win game. We need to do something different than the last game. Uh, and, and these things happen. I still think both Australia and India didn't go wrong with their uh, selection calls. I think Australia should, I mean, you can't leave Mitch Marsh out purely because he's been the only batter who's been so consistent. Uh, you could have left maybe a Stoinis out if that was the matchup you're looking for. Steve um, Smith. Uh, well, no, I, I'm, I'm still a Steve Smith backer. I still think there's space for him. You argued about this before. I, I'm ready to take on you from one end and Shane one from the other. <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> hey, uh, look, I think, men, is you're being kind to Australia and uh, to India to say that it was tactical. I, I think that it didn't matter who uh, who they played. They just got absolutely blitzed by the by the other two sides. And if I flip my head around and say, being strictly objectively speaking, I couldn't put it past the fact that if the toss had gone the other way, that maybe the, the, the results would have gone the other way. Now, any New Zealand fan and England fan would say, God, that's a, a bad take given that the thrashings are so big. But I, I just don't know. I think that if Australia had bowled first, they might have got um, quite a few wickets. And same with the Indian bowlers. They might have caused the New Zealanders some trouble uh, up front as well. I mean, uh, look, the... Three or the two teams were one batting first in the Super 12s and Afghanistan who have done it twice against Scotland and Namibia. Uh, and West Indies who just won barely. I think Bangladesh mm. lost that match more than West Indies winning it. Bangladesh were well on course to win that game. So it's been that trend. And I, I just go back to the fact that I still don't think uh, teams have read these conditions well enough or they've been able to do that. Because even with the pitches, right, they've been tricky. Uh, you say there's a fresh pitch uh, in Sharjah, like the one they used for the West Indies-Bangladesh match, and it's tackier than the used pitches. And a day on, <laughs> the used pitch plays slightly better than the fresh pitch did. So batting first, you really don't know what's a good target and what's a good total to put on the board. Uh, and teams are just struggling. Uh, they don't know whether we should just go hell for leather. And we've seen different teams try different things. Like Afghanistan went hell for leather against Pakistan. Uh, India and Australia went the other route. They went mm. really conservative uh, and, and it didn't work out. So uh, the toss has played too big a role so far in this tournament. I'm generally not a backer of that uh, theory, but it's just proving to be uh, the case, uh, you know, over and over again, especially in these night games. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm with you. 
I'm not saying uh, the Australia might have dominated England the way England dominated Australia, but they surely would have had a better chance. Yeah. And, and similarly with India as well. I think it also has to do a lot with the makeup of the side. I mean, Australia looked very strong once they bowled first, didn't they, in their first two games? Yeah. Well, I can only hope that we have what happened in the 2019 World Cup that when Australia belted England in the round matches and then um, got beaten in the semifinals <laughs> if, it, if it gets that far. Uh, Barrett, what's the impact going to be for... Uh, for cricket in India, if this is um, if they do exit out of the tournament now, uh, will this impact uh, Virat Kohli's captaincy in more than just? I mean, I, I know he's retiring as captain or stepping down as captain from the T Twenty, but uh, will this put his ODI captaincy under threat? And second of the double barrel question, will this put the format under threat? I was joking at the start about quarterfinals, but will the Indian TV network say we <laughs> we can't allow this to happen again? Uh, well, there are like I was on a show last night, and uh, Zahir Khan was one of the guests, and he did draw parallels between this and the 2007 uh, 50 over World Cup, where India mm. were knocked out early, and then, as we know, everything changed in world cricket as a result of that. I don't think it'll be as dramatic uh, as that. Uh, I still think there are three more matches to win. That's the weird thing for for India. Now, I mean, as uh, for speaking to people back home. Indian fans don't know what to do. Like, are we supposed to watch these three games knowing that the chance of India making it through is is really, really uh, uh, minimal? And, you know, there are some who are talking about, oh, we'll bank on uh, Afghanistan beating New Zealand. But if Afghanistan do beat New Zealand with the net run rate that Afghanistan have, it'll be them exactly. who'll go through, not India. <laughs> yeah, so, because that would mean they've won three matches as well. So, uh, I, I look, I mean, it, 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 there will be a lot of brick bats. I, I, I can see social media is filled with like, you know, take this guy down, take that guy down. But in a strange way, this kind of a result could not have come at a, uh, a better time in, in, this, in the sense that anyway, there are changes afoot, right? Virat Kohli, like you said, is stepping down as captain. Ravi Shastri and his coaching team's tenure is ending. So, there is a new beginning uh, uh, just around the corner with Rahul Ravit uh, set to take over and whoever the new white ball captain is going to be. I think it could potentially have some ramifications on who that next guy is, who takes over from Virat Kohli. I mean, it's been, um, uh, people have just, just stuck their neck out and said it will definitely be Rohit Sharma. But, uh, you know, but do you actually uh, stick with Rohit, who also is on the wrong side of 30? Or do you just make a fresh start? And knowing Rahul Ravid, he could even ask for something like that. You know, and the advantage of Rahul Ravid is he's worked so much with the, younger cricketers than this coaching crew has. So he might uh, have better inputs. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and the advantage for both India and Australia, though, is that the next World Cup is just uh, 11 months away uh, once this ends. So uh, one excuse I heard from some section of the Indian fans is, obviously, India didn't want to win this World Cup. You would have been champion only for 11 months. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, But I think this is an absolute disaster for Indian cricket, Barrett. I mean, you, you're looking at the hosts of the tournament being effectively bundled out after two games. They've lost to their most bitter rival in world cricket, Pakistan, and then got towed up by the Kiwis in the wake of losing the World Test Championship final to New Zealand earlier this year. I actually think this is a, a massive blunder from Indian cricket. Virat Kohli, Shastri, they will be... Um, very disappointed that to just to just to be out of the running so early in a tournament they're effectively hosting. Uh, I think this is a complete schmozzle. And and you talk about the team selection. I'm sorry, I I, I wholeheartedly disagree. If, if Rohit Sharma has been your opening batsman for so long, you don't go into this game and throw it all up in the air and see what comes down. It is not the tournament to be experimenting. And I think. 
Shastri and Kohli have, have made a massive blunder. This is a complete stuff up and to just be completely outplayed. You know, it's not you take Australia out of it. Australia have yeah. no form in T20 cricket. That result wasn't a surprise. Whereas this result, two in two, India, the the um, the 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 world's leader in T20 cricket. Um, I, I think this is going to be um, a disaster. It's a disaster, and I think the recriminations will be quite vociferous in India. Oh no, no, they will be. I'm not saying that uh, the fans will just let this go. Menas, um, uh, already there's been a lot of vitriol on on social media. And, and you're absolutely right. It's not just uh, losing the first two matches. I mean, it's a format like that. They are in a group where there are three uh, big teams and then Afghanistan is as good as them, actually, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, and the fact that India played Pakistan and New Zealand first up, uh, there was always that chance of them losing both and like being knocked out early. But it's the manner of uh, like the, the defeats. Uh, you're right. They've been humbled in both games. It's been, uh, you know, they, they've not even got a sniff in either game. They've uh, looked all out of place. Uh, and, you know, they in many ways, they had everything going for them. Like you said, all their players were used to these conditions. They should have known how the pitches were playing better than anyone else because they just spent a month and a half there playing in the IPL. Uh, and I thought the squad that they picked, was much, uh, uh, you know, much more keeping with the times than what they'd done in the past. But once the game began, they went back to that conservative approach uh, from 2016. There are some who would argue that, no, they tried to break to break free yesterday, but they couldn't because of the pitch or because how well the New Zealanders bowled. But like I said, going back to what I said earlier, that you couldn't see where that, uh, you know, break free moment was come from. Now, who was going to do that? Once uh, Ishan Kishan, like you said, it was a gamble. Maybe they wanted him to be that guy. And that's what happens when you don't know, uh, uh, don't have specific roles for players in this format. You just throw someone into the deep end and say, maybe this will click. If this clicks, then everything else, like Virat Kohli's strike rate and Rohit Sharma's strike rate and everything else will just fall into place. But it just doesn't work like that uh, once you're already inside or into a World Cup. I think the fact that um, Australia had, what, Two, we got two LBWs that were given not out that had they been given out would have been out on umpire's call. India had, what was it, um, Rohit Sharma was dropped first ball. Uh, every time they tried to play an aggressive shot, they seemed yeah. to, to hole out. Same thing that happened with Australia. I totally get this, this sort of um, the, the notion, and, and Shane Watson was saying during the Australian game, and others were saying it during the Indian game, you, you can't die wondering. You've got to go out there and slog because what's the point of limping to just over a hundred, you've you've got to you might as well go bust in in trying to get for one hundred and fifty. But I, I think that if they had played as, as aggressively as people were saying they should have, they would have got both bowled out for about eighty. The pitch is just it just was not allowing fast scoring, and I think but, that's but, but where see, it doesn't Paul, matter reckon... that they brought an Ishan Kishan Minners. I think yeah. that point is just um, uh, irrelevant. They could have opened up with anyone, any order whatsoever, and uh, the, the bowling was too difficult. Yeah, but I just think it destabilizes a team where you, you've got you switching roles in the middle of a World Cup. Yeah. Um, I, I did have someone message me on Saturday night that apparently Shane Watson, and I'd muted the TV by then, was talking about Australia's intention with the bat repeatedly throughout the coverage. Um, yes. Almost ad nauseum by the sounds of my irate friend who was messaging me about what I <laughs> shutting up about that. Was that, was that me? Uh, no, no, it was someone oh. else. <laughs> Because I felt the same. Like every time uh, he, he kept, oh, we've got to, we've got to score more quickly. And they're like every time someone plays an aggressive shot, they get out, and we got bowled out. 
It's like, uh, didn't we? I, but I think that. actually in T20 cricket, you should not die wondering. You're better off being bowled out but for they 80, they, having they, they losing 10 wondering. wickets. You, you smash your way to, and that whatever happens, happens. And I, I sort of think you just got to play fearless cricket if you want to win T20 matches. One thing that I, I feel vindicated by that I sent out sort of tongue-in-cheek a team uh, just before the World Cup where I picked just every single Australian batter. Um, I, I think I had not, eight or nine batters and, you know, I was going to have the opening bowling would be Glenn Maxwell and um, Mitchell Swepson or something. <laughs> but we, we probably should have done that for <laughs> in hindsight for the for the last game. So, I mean, should we go through the match last night? I mean, it was um, it was basically uh, oh. Trent Bolt was superb. As, as Menas has mentioned, Ishan Kishan opened. And every time an Indian player played an aggressive shot, it went down the throat of someone on the boundary and they caught most of them, dropped one or two. There was not even any real semblance of a resurgence. So what can we see here? Pandya, 23. Jadeja, 26, not out from 19. The only uh, slender pickings of anything good. But at 110 at the innings break, whereas the night before I thought Australia still had a chance because I thought maybe... The, the pitch would still be a little bit difficult. Mm. I just thought India, India's gone. New Zealand are going to cruise this, and they did. Um, Gupta was aggressive, 20 from 17. Daryl Mitchell, 49 from 35, uh, broke the back of the chase. And then if you want anyone in the world to just ice a chase, it's Kane Williamson, 33 not out from 31, didn't get out of second gear. And India were beaten. Um, New Zealand only took 14.3 overs. And as Barrett said, their net run rate is now at negative 1.609. Afghanistan's net run rate is 3.097. So, yes, um, I, I, while you were making some of the early points, I was still trying to find some sort of permutation. If, you know, if New Zealand, if, if um, New Zealand lost to Namibia and they lost to Scotland and, and I started thinking it's, it's, just, it's a bridge too far. It's just not going to happen. Barrett, what, what do you like about the Kiwi attack, Barrett? What do you like? Because I think when you got Bolt, Southie and Milne backed up by Santner and Sodi, it's actually a very underrated attack. It really is. Uh, my only concern with the Black Caps going into this tournament, Manners, was uh, their lower order batting or middle to lower order batting. I was, uh, it was slightly suspect and it got found out against Pakistan. But in terms of their bowling, uh, uh, look, that's one thing they pride themselves on, right? Like, getting the right plans for yeah, the opposition. And I thought it helps uh, that a lot of them play uh, uh, IPL cricket as well. That Ishan Kishin dismissal just sums it up for me. I mean, it, uh, it, that's the shot he played to get out. That's such an instinctive shot, right? I'm sure Bolt has seen him do that hundreds of times in the Nets and in uh, Mumbai Indians matches. Uh, and they had the fielder right for that. It, it, like, you know, you don't, you rarely get a wicket with a leg stump uh, half volley, uh, you know, which... A lot of left-handers love flicking it away. But it was just set up so well. And I thought similarly, the first ball to Rohit Bouncer, that's just classic. I mean, he uh, he's seen a lot of Rohit Sharma in the nets and from the dugout to know that's exactly what you do because he will go for the shot. It should have worked out. It didn't, uh, you know, Adam Mills dropped the catch. But Santer and Sodhi, I mean, I, I can't think of, uh, a, at least in T20 cricket, you had the same bowlers derail you. Five and a half years apart, like, you know, Nagpur 2016, it was Santner and Sodhi who defended, um, helped New Zealand defend 126. Uh, five and a half years later, it's again them. I mean, what, between them, they gave away 31 runs, if I'm not mistaken, in eight overs. Uh, and in, the, in, in these pitches or on these pitches, they are exactly the kind of bowlers you want. 
you know, you can talk about all the mystery of Varun Chakravarti and Thikshana and all that. But guys who are not, who you can set fields to, like uh, Kane Williamson was allowed to do yesterday. Uh, think of an Imad Wasim. Mitchell Santner does a very similar role. I mean, the floaty left-arm spinner who kind of cramps the right-handers has become a, a, a go-to for a lot of teams uh, these days. Uh, I think Ashton Agar started doing that really well as well, even though he's... Yeah. Uh, he's more a flight and dip bowler, but he can do that well as well. And uh, Ishodi has been a very underrated uh, T20 spinner, a lot like Tabresh Samsi for uh, many years. And one thing I do know about Ishodi is uh, he himself doesn't pick his googly when he bowls it. I've seen a lot of him in the net. <laughs> he would bowl a googly, uh, and uh, Kane Williamson would ask him, "Was that a googly?" And Ishodi would be like, "Was it? I have no idea, but I don't know how it went the other way." <laughs> it's interesting, actually. Um, I saw Sodi take six for out at home bush one. BBL yeah, match. And I saw that as well. He, Paul was there. He, you know, he's an underrated T20 bowler. He takes his wickets in domestic T20 cricket at a strike rate of 18. So that's a, a dangerous option. You know, you speak about not being able to pick his leg. He's wrong. And apparently Rashid Khan can spin his leg spinner out the back of his hand as well as spinning his leg spinner out the front of his hand. Amazing. So how are you going to pick that if, if <laughs> she can't do that? So I wonder if Sodi's actually able to do that out the back of the hand. Um, it's quite an art. But, yeah, I, I just think, you know, if you look at sort of where Australia's gone wrong, we've got a clone of his Sodi um, out here called Farwad Ahmed who bowls yeah. very similar, same speed, uh, very similar style and never even considered for the World Cup. So, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's the Kiwis ridiculous. have got a good chance. It's ridiculous that um, he and Steve O'Keefe just in the last seven or eight years have just not been considered in the um, the Australian T20 side. And I, I just don't understand why. I mean, even at, even at the advanced age that they both are now, I would have given strong consideration um, to picking them for the squad. Imad Wazim especially, it's almost like he's a, a left-arm um, swing bowler, the way that the ball yeah. just um, dips in so so violently. It's It's... It's so difficult to handle. Um, another stat just from last night, if you weren't watching the, the coverage, that um, India went 71 balls without hitting a boundary, um, which is just uh, – what, what odds would you have got about that uh, before the game? That was um, one of the most mind-blowing things I think I've ever seen. Not to forget that uh, India have now taken two wickets in two matches. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know how many people would have picked that, uh, especially considering it looked like India had picked uh, – uh, the right group of bowlers uh, for this tournament. Uh, and I, I was personally surprised that Ashwin's not got a single game. I know they went with the extra seamer. But when they brought him back into the mix and Virat Kohli uh, started talking about how, uh, you know, he's really worked on his T20 bowling, a much t better T20 bowler than he was four or five years ago. Uh, I just assumed that meant that he would get a game in. Uh, but, I mean, uh, you know, in hindsight, everything uh, uh, looks wrong, when it, especially when it comes to selection. Uh, but just on that... Uh, uh, you know, point of uh, Australia and T20 cricket. Uh, I, I guess it's it's again a continuation of that, right? A lot of teams uh, struggled in this format in the past because they basically picked their best one-day teams and got them to play T20 cricket, which again continues to be the case with Australia. How many? How except the IPL? Uh, how many T20 matches do a David Warner or a Steve Smith or even a, a Pat Cummins get to play? And Mitchell Stark doesn't play T20 cricket at all. He doesn't play in the BBL. I mean, it's a topic that's been discussed at Nauseam for a long time now. Uh, so, uh, and and it's the same same thing with India. Uh, I I you know I was uh, I saw someone tweet out last night about the fact that these Indian players do not get the kind of exposure that other players around the world do get. You know, they yes they play in the best T20 league there is. 
fair, fair enough. But do they get that understanding, that growth of T20 cricket? Uh, like even a Rashid Khan or some of the West Indians or some of the English players or these days even some of the Pakistanis. I mean, look at Haris Rauf. I mean, he's done what he's done in the UAE. He's done what he does with the ball successfully in Australia. He's done it in Pakistan. He's done it in the Caribbean. I'm sure it all adds to something, even if they might not play in the best league in the world. And that's what I think it's coming through a lot during this World Cup. The thing with Australia is that you could almost say not only we are picking our 50 over side, we're basically picking our test side in the T20 <laughs> World Cup. Still. Um, just, just back on Satna, it, it is remarkable how... Uh, the different formats do make things differently to, to kind of to your point as well that Santner when he came out here in the for the New Zealand side a couple of years ago in the test series I don't know what his figures are off the top of my head I think it was none for 1500 he took across the four <laughs> test matches and he just he just looked like so out of place at test level and yet you look at him last night and he's the first you, you, you give him serious consideration for an all tournament side at the moment for, for the for mm-hmm. the best in the world it's just um it is remarkable so the fact that australia is just picking our test side um with a few changes it's a it's a pretty good point barrett do you think that um there were any signs that this might be in store for india this poor performance i mean they've had a a really debilitating schedule. You look at, you know, the the IPL uh, that was started, then stopped, and they go to England, and they're there for months and months. They have that uh, crazy end where a test match is called off and they, they rush to the UAE for the IPL. I mean, is that a factor, do you think, in this performance, just the, the fact that they've been really, um, you know, nose to the the bitumen almost for the last year? I'm glad you brought that point up, uh, Menas. And and there is a lot of truth to it. Uh, even in the game against Pakistan, you could see they just, just looked a little jaded. They looked tired at some levels. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, they, they went to England sometime in May in preparation for that World Test Championship final. They were there for four months nearly, directly to the UAE. And, and it's not like they uh, get in and get any time at all. So two days and bang, into the IPL. Two days out, bang, into the T20 World Cup. And that too, starting off with the, the India-Pakistan match, which whether you like it or not, brings that extra bit of uh, you know added stress for sure. And then to lose the way that they did in that game. Uh, I thought the one-week break would help them because uh, physically as well, they just would have got some time to put their feet up. Uh, just speaking to people who are covering the tournament in the UAE, I think they had just one or two training sessions in that one week because they just needed some time off. Uh, and when you are a team under pressure, and then when you're, uh, you know, as jaded as they have, they must be having gone from bubble to bubble to bubble. Uh, these kind of things happen. So in a way, something had to give, as uh, their coach Ravi Shastri would love to say or used to say on commentary. Uh, and it, if it, uh, yeah, and it ended up in these two uh, rather poor results for them, uh, and potentially an early, uh, early exit from their, yeah, a tournament that they were supposed to host. It can't be much fun, can it? I mean, when you're playing cricket with the weight of the world on you, and I, I had sympathy for Virat Kohli last night, just looking at him, watching the game ebbing away, and thinking, you know, this is a game that's meant to be, you know, you're hitting a piece of uh, a piece of leather with a stick. It's meant to be bringing joy to to you, yeah. and it would have done for most of his life. But geez, I felt sorry for him last night. It wouldn't have been fun at all. And and you know the kind of uh, and look, it doesn't help when. Uh, you do lose a match like they did against Pakistan. The the backlash is it's just becoming more and more uh, virulent and uh, you know nasty to the extent uh, uh, I'm with those folk who believe do we really need to have India Pakistan matches if this is how people around the country are going to react to uh, you know uh, to a defeat 
on both sides and you know the, the abuse that mohammed shami has had to uh, incur in the last uh, or in, in that week between india pakistan and india new zealand and just generally it's just, just too much uh, of that happening and you could you're right and not just virat kohli paul just looking at some of the wives in the in the stands yeah. you know that the moment when rohit sharma's catch was yeah. dropped they all like i mean yeah that you're right i mean it's at the end of the day it is a game i know there's a lot of people uh, there are way too many stakeholders uh, involved with this sport especially in india but at the end of the day it happens it's two matches that they've lost really uh, and, and someone needs to put that into context but uh, nobody's going to do that anytime soon the fact that there were was it is this story real or is it somehow confected that really four uh, indians got arrested for cheering on pakistan in the india pakistan game and they're actually awaiting trial now it is real it is real and uh, it's just uh, you know the uh, sad state of affairs uh, you know uh, back in india it's uh, yeah it, it's it's not it's not good it's it's a societal thing right now uh, and it is true it did happen and uh, like you can see that trend in social media as well i mean the religious sentiments uh, that are uh, being uh, aired out so openly just tells you i mean it can't happen if uh, or just on social media right it's all social media unfortunately is a reflection of what happens in real uh, real society so uh, it, that did happen and uh, uh, yeah it just uh, i remember when i was growing up uh, there were certain sections of mumbai uh, you know where uh, you would hear the occasional firecracker if pakistan won and uh, you know uh, but it wasn't i mean they wouldn't get arrested and all that but you 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 knew it's that like- it, it existed but I don't think there should be so much national pride attached to a sport. I know it's cricket, but yeah, yeah. I can't uh, you know seep into real life, and people should not be punished for supporting a sporting team. I don't think. I kind of like the idea it. of um, I kind of like the idea of like locking up Aussies that go for the palms though this summer. Um, <laughs> the thing is, if all it needs for me to switch allegiances, if I have a ten dollar bet on the opposition, <laughs> I cheer them on. I'll wrap myself in the English flag if I've had ten dollars on him. That's how pathetic my patriotism is. <laughs> yeah, it's tied to his wallet. Clearly, <laughs> I, I actually think Barrett that it would be good if India and Pakistan played more cricket against each other because I think sport mm. does bring about healing, and I think part of this intensity is the fact that their meetings are so. Um, sporadic and they're just in the big world cup so i actually think you know sport would could be a way of bringing the nation's relations together obviously slowly but uh, i think if they could you know play start by playing in a neutral venue somewhere um, would be ideal but obviously it's complicated it is complicated and just uh, and i'm no expert on uh, political geopolitical stuff but uh, <laughs> from just knowing a little bit about the political tensions between or just general tensions across the border i don't see it happening uh, anytime anytime soon uh, and it has a lot to do with the government in uh, power in, in in india and also the people in power in in pakistan so i don't see it happening uh, but i mean some some of the <laughs> uh you know the nastiness between ex players was almost comical you're like wow you're adults you know you're using mm-hmm. social media in the most juvenile fashion i've ever seen but uh, yeah you're right i mean it sport or generally does play that uh, healing role and hopefully it can happen in the future but for now i mean uh, you know just from uh, uh uh you know from a personal front it just felt like so is it really worth it you know just the reactions that uh, this game uh, ended up with and and it's happening and it's getting worse and worse like in you know, every time india and pakistan do play the fact is the cricket is getting better 
because uh, the advantage is every time you see a Shaheen Afridi bowl to a KL Rahul or a Jasprit Bumrah bowl to Babar Azam, they've improved so much as cricketers from the last time they met. So the quality of cricket grows, but everything around it, the quality is just nowhere to be seen in terms of people and fans. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean in terms of the the high stakes and the pressure that as much as it is wonderful when they are when they're games of that magnitude, there's also a certain pleasure in switching back to, I don't know, Worcestershire versus Leicestershire. Um, yeah. You're so and, safe, Paul. But, but just, just to calm down and just enjoy the game for what oh, it is. Like, you know, that where it's just the stakes are a lot lower and it's just like, oh, that's a nice cover drive. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be quite so much riding on it. Yeah, you, you should you should hang out with those um, diehard county fans. There's certainly a lot of stakes involved when they're taking on their arch rivals. Um, Apologies to all Worcestershire and Leicestershire fans. I know it is, it is big time. <laughs> Barrett, what does this, what does last night's result? And, and so, you know, what is Shastri's legacy now? They didn't do well in the 2019 World Cup. They didn't win the Test Championship final. They're now facing an embarrassing exit in their uh, own T20 World Cup. You know, what does this do to Shastri's legacy as coach? I mean, of course, uh, people will only remember uh, the last thing you did, right? Whatever you do in life. So uh, it will kind of kind of impact it to an extent. But I still think, uh, you know, just listening to the results that you just read out, uh, I guess he'll go down in history as India's best red ball coach, if uh, we can even, like, you know, uh, create that division for, the, for that. Uh, because he, I mean, which other coach can say that he came to Australia and won two series? I don't think anyone in history has done that before. Uh, as a coach, I mean, teams have, South Africa have, I guess, but uh, not as a coach. Um, and yeah, I mean, white ball cricket, if you see, yes, I mean, uh, 2019 semi-final, it's generally been New Zealand who have spoiled poor Ravi Shastri's plans every time they've, he's looked like uh, doing something in an ICC tournament. Uh, so it'll have an impact on that, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, now we don't even know what's going to happen with that England series, like having in India won or not, because that test match is going to be played next year under a new coach. So does Ravi Shastri get credit for that if India do win that series? I'm not sure. Uh, but I think uh, it will have an impact uh, in the uh, in the immediacy of this result. But uh, one month in, uh, I guess people will still talk about or look at that, uh, you know, uh, his reign as uh, India coach, uh, uh, as being one of India's rather successful periods, especially in Test cricket. And hey, he'll be back in the commentary box and he'll be there telling <laughs> you all about it anyway. <laughs> right off the beat of the bat. No, that's Tony Gregg, isn't it? What's his, what are some of his um, favorite sayings? No, I mean, the most famous is trace a bullet, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's>... yeah. <laughs> against the run of play. I mean, there are many and he loves it. Like, yeah, he loves yeah. the fact that people, uh, are, loves the fact that he is a meme. <laughs> Other than getting Ian Botham and Ian Chappell to be friends, one of my great um, ambitions in life is to get drunk with Ravi Shastri. So I don't think either of them will happen, but it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is great fun. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, just before we go, um, I've done my favourite little thing and gone into the predictor and just put what I think is the most likely result for each game. Do you agree? Do you guys agree? It's it's spat out that it's going to be England first and Australia second, and. Pakistan first and New Zealand second. What are your thoughts on that? You go, Barrett. All right. Uh, look, England and Pakistan will finish on top. But I have a sneaky little feeling Afghanistan's going to pick mm. New Zealand. Because, look, they absolutely demolished Scotland and Namibia. They It took someone to hit four sixes in an over to, you know, yeah, uh, get Pakistan incredible. over the line against them. 
Uh, and look, with their net run rate, they literally need to just win one more game and uh, they should be safe unless uh, or they win one more game and uh, the game against uh, New Zealand becomes could be that game, actually. Yeah. So that almost becomes a virtual quarterfinal for me. Yeah. But and I just get a feeling Afghanistan uh, are a better team in these conditions. Honestly, New Zealand fans might not uh, like the sound of it, and they have momentum. On this side, I have a very sneaky feeling also about the West Indies. <laughs> you know, Bangladesh uh-huh. should have knocked them out of the tournament, but they've just somehow found a way of hanging in there. Um, and, and you know, they have Sri Lanka up next. And Sri Lanka is the kind of team you would back the West Indies against. And at some point, uh, you know, uh, they have to win a toss. Uh, you would back Aaron Polar or whoever's going to captain Nicholas Puran might have to come in. I don't know uh, to win a toss. And you just think that that'll help their net run rate. And then you're up to West Indies, Australia. Pressure game, T20 cricket. Australia has never done too well against the West Indies. And I have a bad feeling someone will open their mouth, say something about them, get them all fired up like James Faulkner did in 2014. And it could all go wrong. So I still think it's going to be England, West Indies, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Wow, who would have thought that before this tournament began? Amazing. Yeah, crazy. Darren Sammy yeah. is still uh, still talking about James. I'd forgotten all about it. But in commentary, Darren, <laughs> it's, it's like it happened yesterday for him. That, that, what that, did he say? Uh, James, just, he just when they showed the replay, the, the pleasure he had wasn't so much that West Indies had won. It was just he kept, he kept yeah, on mentioning yeah. Faulkner, Faulkner, Faulkner. Shouldn't have opened his yeah. mouth. <laughs> what did Faulkner say, though? Or probably something pretty stupid, you know, something pretty, Australian. Pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad. I don't remember what it was, but it was pretty nasty. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I was, did I actually know what he said? Was it something? I thought it was just general sledging, like an Aussie would. But no, was there I think something... he said something in a in a press conference, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, all I know is, uh, uh, you know, having known a few of the players who did play for the West Indies in that team, uh, yeah, I mean, James. They were referring to him as not James Faulkner anymore, but with some. James, something else, which sounded a lot like Faulkner. <laughs> James so. um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm with you, Barrett. I think Pakistan <laughs> and Afghanistan will will get through from that group. Afghanistan, you know, you talk about India and Australia. Afghanistan have players with clearly defined roles. Yep. They, they all, a lot of them play in T20 leagues all around the world. There's no reason they can't go all the way and win this tournament. Um you know, they've got the batting and the bowling that, that just suits T20 cricket. It does get found out a little bit in the longer forms, but yeah. they've just got enough. And then the, the second group, I'm with you, I think England and then probably South Africa or the West Indies will be fighting it out for that that um, second position. I, I think South Africa are an interesting team because mm. you'd expect them to just fall in a heap after all the stuff they've been through in the last week, but it seems to have actually lifted them a little. And and sometimes, you know, groups that come up against av- adversity can be galvanised. And, and I, I think that they're, they're just that danger with South Africa. You know, they've got the talent, Rabada, Norkia, Shamsi, uh, Miller, Quinton de Kock. They've got enough there. But, um, yeah, so I, I agree with you. That last game, Australia-West Indies, is going to be a corker. I think that the whole South Africa thing, and I'm going to sound boring, but... Some say, will it have galvanised them? Some say, will it have destabilised them? I think it just, cricket's about batting and bowling and not off-field stuff like that. You can make so much of it, but um, cite me the journal articles that show me that it actually makes any no, difference. No, but see, you can say that, but you just can't quantify it. I mean, it's like, mm. uh, it's, you know, it's unquantifiable, the effect yeah. that off-field stuff has on on-field stuff. And so you know, when default, you say you that, say it sounds zero. like you've never been in a dressing room. 
That's what it's. Oh, how many test matches did you play, Dennett? Says Menace. No, I didn't. I didn't say a test match. You just said a dressing room. How many World Cups have you won, champ? I didn't. But, I mean, on how many World Cups have you won? So we have to speak about South Africa whenever that point brings up, or someone brings up that yeah. point. Uh, they haven't. But I am. I agree with Menace to an extent, saying just the way they reacted after the Sri Lanka win, the screaming and the shouting from Rabada and Miller. They're not that was the most great. Rabada's expression was yeah. They, you could see that it means a lot to them because nobody's given them a chance. The only thing Manners going uh, against South Africa for me is I don't think they can afford to lose a single match, and that's going to be tough when you have England because they're not a team who's going to win big. So their net run rate's never going to like you know expand. They'll mm -hmm. be in that uh, slightly in the positive. That's it because look at that batting lineup. Uh, very few of them who's just going to go hammer and tongs. And uh, South Africa is not going to get 190 uh, on these pitches or chase anything over 150 down. So they're going to get these narrow wins, which means that, uh, and you look at the West Indies, potentially they can have a big win against uh, Sri Lanka or even against Australia if things go their way. I think that's the only thing going against South Africa. But I'm with you. In South Africa, have as good a chance as anyone else. Uh, you know, in England, you believe have one defeat in them somewhere. Uh, unless they're just going to win this tournament, uh, you know, unbeaten. But I don't think they've been tested yet. Uh, and how the English team will react once they're tested, we don't know so far. That's true. Yeah, I think um, Australia will lose to Bangladesh on Thursday, and that'll be the end of their tournament. Menas will be wrapping himself in the Bangladeshi flag the whole way through. He's been Absolutely. death riding Australia. He's been predicting the only way Menas can get any face out of this tournament is if Australia get bundled out in straight sets. So the first I'm already looking so good. <laughs> First two games when they won, he was starting to get nervous and thinking, oh, yep. no. And now Smith failed. Australia lost. Yep. Uh, the, yep. the great Australian Andrew Mensel is feeling a lot happier about things. I agree <laughs> with the Afghanistan. Um, I think there's a there are massive chance as well. In their predictor, I was just strictly going on who I thought would be the favourites. That was exercising no judgment. Please don't yeah. um, imbue into it that anything more than it is. I'd love it if Afghanistan could win the tournament if Australia can't. Well, I think we've done a, a pretty good um, – that's about 40 minutes worth. Uh, any any closing remarks or should we should we end it there? No, thanks for having me, Paul. Great to chat with you, Barrett. Sorry about your team's um, performance overnight. West Indies, uh, no, um, my team's West Indies manners, as you well know. So I'm still very hopeful <laughs> of them uh, going through. And you spoke about Worcestershire, uh, Leicestershire. I did something better. I went and uh, umpired an under 16 game between uh, Tea Tree Gully and uh, Goodwill. I started my umpiring season, uh, so which was great. Uh, two day game. Uh, scoring was, well, I think they scored at uh, one and over. It was good fun. Over weight was fantastic. Uh, and I did realize one thing about my umpiring I need to be slightly less expressive. I tweeted about this as well. But every time a bowler is bowling well, I, I, I can't help myself. I am very expressive. So I must be making some very impressed faces because I could hear Medon say, man, even the umpire seems more impressed than we are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, question for you. Last question, Barrett. Because uh, if um, I'm when I used to play park cricket, I was very respectful to the umpires, very much so. But the one thing that's changed since then is the advent of DRS. What I would not be able to do if I got a, a shocker now, I would make the DRS symbol signal. How many times have people done that to you when you've given them out, have um, or not out, have given the old um DRS sign? Interesting, you bring that up because nobody does it here. Because according to I don't I don't know whether it happens in other states as well, but the SACA rules say in Premier Cricket or any grade of cricket, if you do that, uh, you can go in the book. 
So uh, uh-huh. you can't even do that even for fun. Uh, so pl- most of the players are careful with it. But of course, you'll have a couple of them who will try to do that. Or I even got a from the wicket keeper. I got a John McEnroe. He said, you cannot be serious. He said, fantastic stuff. We'll enjoy your umpiring, Barrett. Um, we'll, we'll chat up again, hopefully soon in the next few days. And um, let's hope we get some more thrilling games in the World Cup. See you later, everyone. Peace. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.